Hey, buddy. What? So if you had like a symbiote inside you, what, what chores would you have it do for you? I would make it do my laundry and I would make it um, probably turn on the shower or something. Turn on the shower? <laughs> How lazy are you, man? <laughs> G101. My name is Joshua. And I'm Diego. And today we're going to be talking about characters with multiple personality. <laughs> it's like split personalities, right? It's, the way that we can best describe it is multiple people living in one body. Yeah, because there's a lot of different scenarios within the examples that we're bringing. We're bringing a list of 15 characters, some villains, some heroes, who have some form of a split personality, split mind thing going on. Yeah. And this is actually pretty interesting, like some of the examples that, that we came across. So before we get into that, though, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Carnage. The first official trailer. Yeah, and you definitely had a lot to think about. Oh, yeah. That's going to be what we're going to cover in this week's uh, news and reviews. Buddy, what did you think about this trailer, man? I thought that, first of all, it was like one of the, it was definitely, it looks like a lot of stuff to like take in. Why? What do you say that? Like there's just like a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of like back and forth between like um, funny and like mm. creepy uh carnage symbiote guy thing yeah yeah i thought that um it, it was it was kind of cool how they began it because we already knew that carnage was going to be the character the villain of the film mm -hmm. because of the title and because of the after credit scene from the first film um so we knew that it was going to be pretty dark because carnage cletus cassidy very very dark character yeah it just occurred to me that carnage is one of these split personality characters and we didn't include him in our list of 15 people uh, How do we miss? Like we came across this idea because of the trailer yeah. to Venom, and we didn't even list Carnage. Anyway, um, but yeah, the we knew that it was going to be a dark movie, but it opened up pretty comedically. Like mm -hmm. you said, it opened up with basically Venom making breakfast for Eddie Brock, making quote unquote breakfast. He made it. <laughs> Did you see? It, did you see what was on the plate in front of Eddie Brock? It was like there was a waffle involved or two. <laughs> and what was there's some eggs. There was waffles ham. with eggs and ketchup and ham. Yeah, lots of ketchup all over, squirted all over uh, poor Eddie. <laughs> Eddie looked miserable. Yeah. Like I don't know if it's that slowly Venom has like become more and more annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but clearly, like there. It's it's interesting how they're continuing this whole dynamic of like a buddy thing, you know. Mm -hmm. it's like, it really like, is like two characters basically. Venom, in the movie. Venom is basically Venom is like is like that one friend who acts really mean, but he actually cares about his friend. Yeah, yeah, he's like a, an unintentional jerk. Yeah. Who eats people alive? <laughs> yeah, I like how on the sign it said, "What the only rule? No eating people." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if your friend, if your buddy, your roommate has to be reminded about that, you, I think it's time to change roommates. <laughs> yeah. But Eddie can't because they're, like, in the same body. Yeah. It's, um, it's basically Dark Shadow. 
Yeah, he kind of is similar to Dark Shadow. Or maybe Dark Shadow is more similar to him. Yeah. Because he came after. I wonder if they base Dark Shadow off of him. We're talking, by the way, about the character from My Hero Academia, who is one of the heroes in training, and he's dude with dude with the bird head. Yeah. And he has his power, his quirk is basically like he has this dark shadowy figure who also looks like a bird that comes out of him. Yeah, it's basically a different character too. Yeah, it pretty much is, and that 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 thing is the thing that gives him power and abilities, mm-hmm. and it's very similar to the relationship between Eddie Brock and the symbiote. He can even cover himself in it, like yeah, yeah. Uh, like Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, in the trailer we see him go back to that little bodega place, the little shop place. Yeah. With the with the lady and apparently she has totally accepted the fact that like they're protecting her store from robbers <laughs> and whatnot and then and then and then she's like hello mrs chen and she's like hello eddie and hello venom yeah and then venom like waves, he waves alone. from the back of his jacket <laughs> and he propped up the stanley magazine oh yeah that was cool nice little easter egg uh yeah and then and then we start seeing a lot of scenes throughout the trailer of cletus cassidy who is the character who becomes carnage and cletus cassidy is a serial killer yeah in real life he's a serial killer Uh, or not in real life but you know what i mean yeah um before he encounters a symbiote that turns him into carnage he is already a very very bad dude Mm -hmm. um and he's in death row and he's going to be executed and we don't know thankfully through the trailer how he becomes carnage exactly i really hope that they don't end up revealing all those details in trailers Mm -hmm. but we see the moment when it seemingly activates i think that he probably got it like when the when the like was it a meteorite that dropped that had the symbiotes uh wasn't it a research in outer space that brought back the symbiotes in samples are you talking about the first film yeah yeah whatever brought the symbiotes there i think that that one was like drawn to him in the first movie because we clearly see that before you mean the carnage symbiote yeah i feel like it was like drawn to him because of his like violent tendencies and like serial killer and stuff no but the amount of symbiotes that came from outer space were accounted for in the first film oh yeah, and, and, and if they're following the comics in any way, or the cartoons, uh, Carnage is an offspring of, of, of Venom. Oh. Yeah, like, he comes out of him. I think he even calls him dad at different points. Like, ironically, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, he, he kind of, like, calls him... He, he acknowledges that he came from him. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that they're going to go with a similar route, so there's some way, in some way, shape, or form, like, the Venom symbiote spawns... Uh, the Carnage symbiote. Yeah, maybe it's like some kind of like blood transfusion or something. I don't know. Could be, yeah. We saw how uh, Carnage was messing around with sending Eddie Brock. Because Eddie Brock at this point, he's he's still a reporter. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's working now for the Daily Bugle. Which, by the way, has the same exact logo pretty much as the Daily Bugle <laughs> from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man yeah. movies. That's a mystery to like figure out there Mm -hmm. but um we see that cletus cassidy is sending letters to eddie brock in his own blood in written in blood Mm -hmm. so i wonder that's that is somehow connected to how he ends up becoming yeah or how the venom symbiote ends up spawning it literally looks like like a red pen yeah it does pretty disturbing uh speaking of disturbing uh there's a lot in this trailer that makes me think that they might go with the R rating for this movie. Really? Yeah, like this is a pretty pretty intense character. Cletus Cassidy yeah. and Carnage are pretty intense characters. And and from the first movie, I remember there were certain scenes when it really felt like 
they were intention their intention was to go for that R rating, mm-hmm. like when Venom eats a dude, for example. Yeah. But they cut it right before he chomps on the guy. Like mm-hmm. it seems like this movie, similar to Deadpool, it would just benefit from R rating because <laughs> that's just how these characters are. Venom and Carnage are very violent characters. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't know, man. I, I wonder I wonder if they might go for that R rating. Otherwise they're gonna be pushing the PG thirteen to its limits with a character like Carnage. Um, what did you think about the look of Carnage? Well, I thought that, well, first of all, he looks dope. He does. But I thought that, like, I thought that it would be cool if he actually looked, like, more like um, he did in the comics. Like, what What do you, th- what do you feel was missing? Like, I know that he was, like, a spawn of Venom. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure that's why he has, like, actual black in him. In mm-hmm. his, like, uh, symbiote. He does have some, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that that would be cool if he had that, but he didn't. Mm. And I'm not sure. It doesn't really look... It looks orange to me for some reason. Well, I mean, Carnage has always seemed to me like he's supposed to look more like if he's almost like made out of veins and blood. Hmm. It's almost like if you took Venom's symbiote, Venom, and turned him inside out. That's how I always looked at Carnage. Hmm. And I think that based on that, they got him pretty good. Mind you, we're not we're not seeing all the scenes yet of him. We yeah. haven't seen his symbiote like in full display up close standing still so that we could like see the details and stuff but my guess is that based on what i'm seeing he is gonna look more sinewy more veiny like than than venom Hmm. he seems very large to me really yeah like that scene when he comes out and like tentacles are all everywhere and stuff like that that seemed that seemed a little bit like large to me i don't know maybe i haven't we didn't see him in the movie of course next to venom but Maybe it was just because, like, the way, like, he had, like, so many tentacles, like, coming out, and he was, like, roaring. Yeah. Maybe that was why he seemed, like, kind of large. Because all those, like, extra extensions were making him, like, look very large. It could be, yeah. You know, typically, Carnage is pretty, it's smaller than Venom, Mm -hmm. and thinner than Venom. So, I I hope they keep that difference somehow. We'll, we'll, We'll see, but... Uh, I love Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson is a dude who has a history of playing very bizarre characters. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely good for this role. Like, he's awesome for the role of um, of Cl- both Cletus Cassidy and Carnage. He actually played a, a, a killer in a very popular film called Natural Born Killers um, okay. many, many years ago. So he just has this capacity as an actor to channel a crazy, deranged serial killer. Really curious to see how he pulls off the the whole being in the symbiote thing and how he acts that part out voice wise. I wonder what he. Yeah, I was about to say. I wonder what uh, Carnage will sound like. Yeah, good question. I don't know. We'll have to see. But yeah, um, this trailer definitely gets me excited. I personally really liked the first Venom movie. I know it has flaws, and I recognize the flaws that the movie had. It was good i i really enjoyed it i thought that it was really cool we Um, saw we saw a little like cameo from like the um she venom like when she got when uh his girlfriend 
got the symbiote. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that part was cool. In the first film, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that actress is also back. She's back. So the character's back. His ex. Um, and yeah, who knows? Who knows what else we'll see, man? Well, we know that there's an investigator involved um, who is, you know, I guess trying to figure out the missing victims of Cletus Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that he likes Eddie Brock much, but uh, it's going to be cool. I, I really hope that they don't overstuff this thing with, with too much. Like, there is so much to explore just between that dynamic between Venom and Carnage that I hope they don't uh, exaggerate or overstuff it with other things. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we're both clearly hyped for the movie, so we are looking forward to finding out more in the next few months and then watching the film, and we'll uh, we'll definitely drop a review for it when it comes out. Yeah. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and after the break, we are going to get into our topic of multiple identities and go down our list of 15 individuals who display similar characteristics to that in fiction. All right. We'll be right back. Buddy, you've been listening to a new audiobook recently, haven't you? Yeah, it's actually God of War, and the main character is Atreus, not Kratos. So it's the same events that take place in the game, but all of it from the perspective of Atreus? Yeah, it's like, for example, when Kratos, when he steps into the light of Alfheim, Mm -hmm. it doesn't actually show what happens to him in there. It shows what happens to Atreus and, like, like how long it actually takes for him to get out. Oh, so, like, that moment when you see that Kratos walks out and Atreus has a bunch of, like, dudes dead around him, Mm -hmm. it shows that battle? Yeah. That's really cool, man. And, and like, it shows that Kratos took, like, actual days in there. What? Like an actual day in the light of Alphine. Oh my god, that's crazy. See, that's what I love about books in general, especially ones that tie into other existing properties. Mm-hmm. They give you a bunch of extra details, and that's the kind of thing that you can experience in a cooler way through audiobooks. Mm-hmm. You love them, I love them, and if you haven't experienced audiobooks out there yet, we really encourage you to try them out. You can do so by going over to Audible Trial dot com slash g101 when you sign up you can get your very first audiobook absolutely free so if you enjoyed the god of war game like joshua and i did and you want to kind of experience it from a different perspective you can get that first audiobook absolutely free to you and if you decide to stick around after that free trial you're going to be helping out the show so remember it's audibletrial.com slash g101 thanks for helping out the show peeps thank you And we're back! And ready to talk about characters who have multiple personalities in one body. The very first one is Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, Bruce Banner and Hulk, they're basically in the same body. Mm -hmm. They're definitely two different characters and mindsets. Yeah, Uh, you see how it really, as like, especially just, let's base this off of the MCU. Mm Mm-hmm you see how it kind of progresses and it becomes more and more clear like how different these two characters are, especially around Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Like, that's where you really start seeing because the Hulk basically possesses the body for, what, like two years, I think it is? Yeah, basically. They're almost like competing until, of course, the events of Endgame. Yeah. Like Bruce Banner said, he spent 18 months in a gamma lab and he put the brains and the brawn together and now he's like one unified person. However... When the Ancient One 
takes his soul out of his body, mm-hmm. you see that he goes back to being just Bruce Banner. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Then so, that, that makes me think, like, wait a minute. Did, does that mean that there's he's now more Bruce Banner than he is Hulk? That's kind of interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, it means that he's not, he can't even call himself Hulk anymore. Right. You, it's basically like Dr. Banner. Yeah. That's all he is now. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with this character uh, in uh, She-Hulk in the yeah. Disney Plus series. All right, number two, Harvey Dent Two-Face. Yeah, this character is one of the most iconic Batman villains. He is. And, and Two-Face, I think, is one of the most iconic ones because he literally shows the split personality yeah, thing. Yeah, like know? literally. He has yeah. two sides that represent the two sides. And, yeah. like, he's not just pretending or anything. His brain got messed up because of this. Mm-hmm. Like, one one side is, like, the um, the nice kind of, like, empathetic. Right. And then the other side is, like, the deranged, burnt, <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. I, you know, although I definitely don't like the overall film, but in Batman... What is it? Batman Forever? In that movie, even though it's kind of cringy, the whole purple thing yeah. in his, on his Two-Face side is kind of weird. But they really went all out with that whole, like, two personalities, two separate people thing. Yeah. Like, they, they actually had two different girlfriends. Really? Yeah. One was, like, all cute, you know, kind of dolled up, you know, very cute looking. And the other one was, like, all, you know, like, dangerous and, you know, whips and chains and leather <laughs> and, like, really rough and scary. <laughs> It it is really like the kind of two opposite ends. Like one of them is the yeah. guy who's like fighting crime through and, the law. Yeah, and, and the then, other one's breaking the law. And the other one is fighting the people who are fighting crime. Yeah, and then this coin is what keeps them in balance somehow. It's so mm-hmm. weird. Number three, Norman Osborn, Green Goblin. I had to admit, from the comics, I haven't come across enough to conclude that he would have two personalities Mm -hmm. but in the sam raimi spider-man film definitely shows that really there's this very iconic scene where norman osborne is talking to himself in the mirror Mm. and the face his face in the mirror is basically goblin like the identity of goblin without the mask or anything oh so like it's basically one of those kind of scenes where like it's looking one direction yeah like for example <laughs> like a regular conversation scene yeah, where it's yeah. looking exactly at one person that. on this side and then like pans over to the other side yeah and then <laughs> that's yeah. pretty cool it is yeah it was a very well done scene and and so that that is i think the clearest example of where i have seen norman osborne and the goblin being like dual personalities and you could really mm. tell when the goblin would take over like he would really change uh, number four, Gollum and Smeagol. Yeah, this is kind of weird because, <laughs> like, he turned in, Smeagol turned in to Gollum. Gollum used to be a hobbit. Mm-hmm. And he he and his friend find the ring in, like, when they're, when they're fishing out in the river or something. Yeah. And then the ring, his friend grabs it, and Gollum, that's a, that, or Smeagol, rather, which is his hobbit name, mm-hmm. he starts staring at the ring, and it's almost like that's when the ring starts like calling to him. And yeah. he goes as far as killing his friend in order to take the ring from him. Mm-hmm. And then he just proceeds to like live out his life in caves and stuff. Yeah. And little by little, like he changes so much because he's like, the ring is corrupting him. It's like a combination of the ring twisting his mind and his body. It's and, like, like living in caves. De- it's like deforming his body yeah. until until the point that we see him in the Lord of the Rings movies, like as a legit straight up like maniac. 
you see how when he's hanging out with Samwise Ganji and Frodo, mm-hmm. how he's constantly shifting between these two personalities until the point where he does the same Norman Osborn thing. He talks to the reflection in, in the river oh. or in a little pond. It's really interesting. Uh, number five, Revolver Ocelot. Yeah, so this is kind of... Let's not even spend too much time on this because it's really weird. How is it that he ends up having a multiple personality thing? Okay, uh, he gets his arm blown off by a shot and then uh, he transplants Liquid Snake's arm onto his own and he becomes Liquid Ocelot and Good it like, supposedly takes over his consciousness, but it actually doesn't. It was like through hypnosis and drugs. <laughs> there you go. There you got it, people. Uh, number six, Venom Eddie Brock. There's really no need to get too deep into this one. We just chatted a, little, a bit about that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is all the way from the comics. You know, Eddie Brock and Venom have always been, uh, ref- they refer to themselves as we. Mm-hmm. You know, because it really is two personalities, two minds within one body, essentially. Um, all right, number seven. Kevin Wendell Crumb, and this is a character from the whole M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Unbreakable Split Glass universe, shared universe. Uh, and this is a, a guy who basically has, he, this guy actually has multiple personality disorder, or is it called Dissociative Disorder? It's called DID. Yeah, um, but like he really does. He has like twenty four different personalities. Yeah, and they each take control at different times. One of them is like one, a little kid. It is, yeah. And one of them is called the Beast. Yeah, which and, is basically like this ginormous one who becomes like super muscly. Yeah, and he's like just like tearing things apart. And when that personality takes over, that's when he becomes superhuman. Mm-hmm. Like he actually has superhuman strength and abilities actually, and speed and stuff. I actually remember watching some of that movie, and I saw like him as the Beast. Yeah, like fighting the dude from Unbreakable and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, that's Ke- uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb. Very, very, very good role. Like that's a. One of the best kind of villain roles that I've ever seen as far as acting. This dude, like, goes off the charts with his acting. Very good job. Uh, Enchantress, number eight. Enchantress and Dr. June Moon. Yeah, we we actually saw, like, a lot of this in the uh, Suicide Squad movie. Right. Like, we saw literally her, like, she's basically to a person, one person, and one, like, devilish spirit pretty much like together in one body and when dr june moon who was like an archaeologist and stuff when she says the key word enchantress kind of like shazam i guess mm-hmm. when she says the key word enchantress uh, enchantress takes over it's kind of like a hulk type thing mm-hmm. you know very similar dynamic i think number nine is another one of those kurt connors aka the lizard yeah this is a spider-man villain we saw him on the big screen in the form of the lizard for the first time in uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty good. I thought so too. I don't know why people hate so much of the Amazing Spider-Man they series. They do. Oh yeah, man, all the time. But yeah, but Kurt Connors and and then the lizard, I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was very comics accurate. One of the most comic accurate uh, incarnations of a villain that I've ever seen on film. Didn't he? Didn't he even wear the actual lab coat yeah. at one point while he was the lizard? Yeah, yeah, he, he rocked the lab coat and everything. Like typical, very typical lizard look from the comics and the cartoons. And then, like once again, it's like this character who has like a kind of monstrous type, mm-hmm. like um, other person yeah similar again to hulk right and his story as opposed to hulk's whole gamma radiation experiment was that he was trying to regrow his limb his arm that Mm -hmm. was that he lost but he was like but it's like 
you know how like lizards can like regrow right. parts of their body. So mm-hmm. you like tried to basically do that, but it turned him into a lizard. Yeah. Very, very, kind of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story, which is kind of like the typical example of this whole multiple identity thing. Uh, but yeah, that's Kurt Connors and the Lizard. Number 10, Scarface and the Dummy. Yeah. <laughs> this is a cool, this is a Batman villain. And so basically it's a dude who has, who's like a ventriloquist and he has yeah. a dummy who is called Scarface. And this dude is like a mob boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's funny, I, I remember in the Batman animated series... It was funny because no one ever knew who to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, people tried to talk to the ventriloquist and then the dummy would be like, don't talk to the dummy. I'm the boss here or whatever. You <laughs> don't know? talk to the dummy. Yeah, he used to call him the dummy, <laughs> which is hilarious, right? Yeah, it's because... like the irony of that. <laughs> so it's basically like a regular kind of ventriloquist. I mean, not regular at all. Right. But it's basically he goes way too deep into his acting here yeah i thought you see this is this is this is another great example of why batman has like the best villains gallery Mm -hmm. because this is like that's a very unique bad guy yeah i it i always wonder i always have wondered like hold up is 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 it like is it like a mystical dummy is is (laughs) is he like is he controlling the guy right yeah but no it's not that's it's just a dude who has like some serious mental issues going on Mm -hmm. uh number 11 into the world of anime twice from my hero academia yeah if you haven't watched my hero academia then you probably don't know who this is yeah but this is basically a villain who has the ability to like clone himself Mm -hmm. but he also in has his like own self has multiple uh, personalities, or, but yeah, that's a pretty cool character. Also, one of as far as like look, the aesthetic, like the look of his mm-hmm. suit and stuff. One of my favorite characters yeah. in My Hero Academia. He's pretty for sure. cool. Yeah, he looks but really dope. What's kind of weird is that when he actually turns into the Twice persona, yeah, like his skin kind of comes off and like the suit is underneath. Really? Yeah, he oh. it, it, he literally like transforms. Like a snake shedding skin. Yeah, basically. Oh, that's dark, man. Speaking of a guy who actually has, like, multiple personalities and stuff, Moon Knight, number uh, 12. Yeah, he's, like, one of the only people on this list that actually have uh, yeah. dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, like, actually diagnosed. Similar, I think, the only other guy is uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb. Like, the dude is actually mm-hmm. diagnosed with this thing. And so is Mark Spector, who is this character that becomes Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight is pretty cool. Yeah, he really is. And we're going to see him in an upcoming Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. Going to be played by Oscar Isaac. But yeah, Moon Knight is really cool. He's kind of like a very Batman type of character when it comes to his superhero persona. Let me just say one word. Moonerang. Yeah. (laughs) Batarang, Moonerang. Yeah. That's all I need to say here. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. Really cool character. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him on on that show. I, I really like like the character in the comics. Uh, it's going to be a really strong thing. We've seen how WandaVision explored grief and loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier explored racial issues and racial identity and all this. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight is most certainly going to explore the mental health aspect yeah. of multiple personalities. So that's going to be really interesting to see. That is Moon Knight number 13. The Lego movie, Good Cop, Bad Cop. <laughs> <laughs> this is such I a love funny this one. and cool character. It's so great. First of all, voiced by, uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, I'm pretty sure that guy. Yeah, plays. Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah. Liam Neeson. Um, 
voiced by him and so it's like a lego cop character and his head like spins around mm -hmm. and it, it and it'll either land on the good cop or the bad cop person yeah the bad cop <laughs> is the bad cop is basically like this guy who has like like classic uh police Black sunglasses yeah. and they talk in this like deep voice yeah and then he turns in his like nerdy glasses and yeah. he's like talking in this high pitch and he's voice. all nice yeah <laughs> i love him man it's such a cool character it it, it it is basically like two characters in it, one it is but, yeah but bad cop is basically using the good cop side to like get Right. Like there was one part where he was like, "Hey, I might let you go," and then and then and then like Emmett is like, "Really?" And then Bad Cop is like, "No, you think I'm dumb? I'm dumb enough to do that?" <laughs> yeah. All right, number fourteen, Jean Grey, aka the Phoenix. Yeah, I didn't actually know that this was like kind of that kind of situation. Yeah, but, but it I kind of understand how it could be. But this one is more through like possession, almost like through demonic possession, mm -hmm. because the Phoenix Force is this like cosmic entity. Yeah, we kind of saw that how she was like got kind of like uh, she got that Phoenix power yeah. in the uh, Phoenix movie. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it really is. It's like this force comes to inhabit her and really takes over. And when she takes over, she's like a very different force. And even then, between the Phoenix, inside in the Phoenix persona, there are two sides. There's like the, the light Phoenix and the dark yeah. Phoenix. So, like, the Phoenix doesn't always act evil. Mm -hmm. But it but it certainly can. So she, she's so strong that she even killed one of the most iconic members of the X Men. Yes, she Mystique. did. Mystique. Yes, she did. <laughs> um, and then the last one, buddy, number fifteen. This one comes from the world of video games, specifically Mortal Kombat. We're talking about Ermac. This guy's cool. This is weird. <laughs> this is, I think, one probably the weirdest example because. He wasn't, like, an individual to begin with. Mm -hmm. He actually is made up from, like, people lost in the war. Lost in Outworld. Yeah, the people yeah. who died in Outworld. And, like, it's basically not even, like, multiple people are controlling this one body. It's not even a person right. who, like, has another person. It's, like, a thousands of people of souls fused yeah. together into this one to create this one being mm -hmm. so it's and really it's really interesting because that makes him unique and sets him apart from all the other examples that we have yeah it's it's a really it's really cool how they came up with a backstory for a character who wasn't even meant to be I know like, was a story character. What was he? Was he a glitch or? Yeah, some... he he was a glitch where where Scorpion's outfit became red <laughs> and it was called Error Macro. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> So, yeah, but but very cool character in in a Mortal Kombat ten, he was pretty. He was one of my favorites to play with. He's, yeah, he I, was I like his whole dynamic. Cool. Very interesting example of like multiple identities in one. And when he talks, he always refers to himself as we. Mm -hmm. That's our list of fifteen characters: some villains, some heroes who show some sort of multiple identity situation going on. Yeah, they have multiple people living in one body. Correcto. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, just a little update. We've been uh, making some changes to our website. So make sure that you have that website bookmark. You can find it at geekology101.com. There you can find a little bit of information about me, about Joshua, and you can even contact us there. However, if you prefer more traditional methods of contacting us, you can also hit us up at g101podcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you all. Why would you appreciate them? You don't even know who they are. But we appreciate them because they watch our videos and they love us. No, that's not the right thing to do. Are you okay over there? Leave, Leave us, us alone. alone. Human has been neutralized. Game over. Imagine noise.